Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor Study. For this program, I want us to go word by word through the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16. If you know it, would you say it out loud with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the gospel in a nutshell. Let's go through this hugely important verse. Let's pray first. Father, as we talk about this verse about the love of God for sinful mankind, we would pray if there's anyone watching this who wonders whether they're loved by you or not, that you would clear that up. Speak to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. For God so loved the world. First, for God. Here's the first lesson. Christians are monotheists. The word God there is singular. For God, singular. So love the world. Christians are monotheists, one God. Now, um, Hindus and Mormons are polytheists. They believe in, poly means many gods. But no, Christians believe in one God. For God, next words, so loved the world. And that's the big question for this program. Do you believe deep down God loves you? It's good for us to sing the song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. It's good to sing that because it can be hard for us sinners to believe that a holy God loves us. But he does. I, heard a, I, I read a pastor statement. I love this statement. He said, We are more evil than we think but more loved than we can ever imagine. Both are true. We are more evil than we think we are, but we are more loved than we can imagine. I had a woman say to me once, Pastor Brock, I was raised in a church where they taught us to believe that God is our stern judge. When I came to see God as my loving heavenly father, everything changed for me. And that reminds me of a dream I had years ago. I had a dream once where I was looking through the dark fog and I heard some horrible moaning and groaning. And I come through the fog and I look up and it's Jesus on the cross. And I felt horrible because I knew it was my sin that nailed him up there. But then in the dream, it's like my mind turned around to see but he chose to be up there. He wanted to be up there on the cross. And I woke up just filled with the love of God for sinners. Do you believe God loves you? Sin, sinner that you are, do you still believe he loves you? A young man was found frozen to death in a cabin in Alberta, Canada. In his frozen hand was a, a letter. Dear mother, I don't know if anyone is coming to rescue me or not. I've run out of food. 
But the one question I wonder about, Mother, is, will God forgive my sins? I hope you don't die like that. I hope you die believing in the forgiveness of sins through Christ. In fact, I heard of a neat thing you should do regarding John 3.16. Put your name in it. And before you go to bed tonight, say this out loud. For God so loved Tom that God gave his only begotten son that if Tom believeth in him, Tom should not perish, but Tom shall have eternal life. Personalize that. Read John 3.16 and put your name into it. For God so loved the world, next words, that he gave his only begotten son. The words gave mean we're saved by grace. And as I've preached many times, most people don't get it. Most people think you get into heaven by being good and earning it. That'll never work because we're sinners. It's only by the grace of God we will be saved. I'll share a, a, a kind of a sweet memory I have. <clears throat> My favorite place on earth is Lauterbrunn in Switzerland, this little village way up in the Alps where you take tremendous hikes. Years ago, I'm sitting on a bench overlooking the Lauterbrunnen Valley. Behind me is the tallest waterfall in Europe, and it's just gorgeous. And some boys, maybe teenage boys, maybe 15 of them, hike past me to go play by the waterfall. And I can hear from their accents, they're Irish. And as I'm sitting on this bench, the thought comes thundering into my head. If the Apostle Paul were here, Tom, wouldn't he go preach the gospel to those boys? <laughs> and I started getting nervous. And I'm thinking, well, maybe not. And then I remember praying, okay, Lord, if you want me to preach the gospel to them, you make it happen. Well, nothing happened uh, yet. But then I needed to go back to my uh, place. And now the boys are down below me. They're, they're rolling on the grass. They're, they're rolling down the hill. And one of them just crashes in front of my feet. And I bent over and he, okay, and we got him up. And, and now these boys are, about 15 of them are surrounding me in a circle. And the guy was fine. But I said to them, um, are you guys from Ireland? Yes, yes. Well, what are you doing in Switzerland? We're on our way to Rome to see the Pope. And I said, oh, are you, do you go to Catholic school? Oh, yes. I said, well, I'm a pastor in America. I said, can I ask you what they've taught you in your Catholic school? Yes. I said, well, where do people go when they die? Oh, they go, to, they go to heaven. I said, does everybody go to heaven? Oh, no, some people go to hell. And I said, how do you make sure you go to heaven instead of hell? One of them said, you keep the Ten Commandments. And I looked at him and I said, you do? You really, in thought, word, and deed, keep the Ten Commandments? And he kind of looked down. And another boy said, you, you try to keep the Ten Commandments? And I said, yeah, I do. All day long, you're really trying to keep the commandments? I said, uh, that's not going to work. There's a whole different way to be saved. And so I said, I'll give you a hint. Somebody did something for you a long time ago to get you into heaven. And one boy said, I was baptized. And I said, way longer ago than that. And I can remember one boy, kind of a taller kid, you could just see the light bulb go on in his face. Jesus died for my sins. And I said, that is it. That's the only way you get into heaven. And I said to them, do you guys have your Bibles uh, on this trip? Oh, yes, we brought them on the trip. I said, go home, 
take out your Bible, turn to the back, 1 John 5.13, I write this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. And I said to these guys, the way you get to heaven is by what Jesus did on the cross. Trust him for your salvation and I'll see you in heaven. (laughs) They went their way and I went mine, but for God so loved the world that he gave, the word gave indicates we're saved not by what we do, we're saved by the grace of God. For God so loved the world that he gave, next words, his only begotten son. Here's the next lesson. Only Jesus is the son of God. So years ago, I'm walking through the airport and a, a man in an orange robe, a bald man comes up and he puts the Bhagavad Gita book in my hand and he's a Hare Krishna. And he said, now, could you please contribute money? I said, nope. Well, why not? Well, I, I don't think you're a Christian group. Well, we Hare Krishnas, we believe Jesus is a son of God. And I said, I know. I believe he's the son of God, period. Well, but we believe if you keep the perfect teachings of the perfect master Jesus perfectly, you too shall attain nirvana. I said to him, I can't do that. That's why he had to die on the cross. And it was strange. When I said the cross, it was like I took my fist and slugged him. He got this strange look on his face, took the Bible, uh, Bhagavad Gita, that is, out of my hands and went on. But listen, we're not the son of God. Krishna is not the son of God. The son of God became incarnate in human form once and his name is Jesus. This is, the, this is what's wrong with the Unity Church and all the New Age churches that have sprung up. We are not all the collective Christ consciousness like Oprah teaches. Only one person is the Son of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, next words, that whoever believeth in him, that whosoever believeth in him. Here's the next lesson. I love that word, whosoever. Next lesson. God can save anybody. God can save whoever. (laughs) If you know the story of the Apostle Paul, no way was Paul going to become a Christian. And God said, oh, yes, you are. (laughs) I mean, on this program, we had a former prostitute. We had a former New Age person. We've had lots of people you never would expect to come to Christ who have been saved. I mean, I, I, on a rare occasion, still talk to my Jewish roommate from college. And he doesn't show much signs of being open to the gospel at all. But I keep praying for him because I remember the Apostle Paul who was as Jewish as he could be and he became a Christian. One day Martin Luther went to the barber. Martin Luther had a guilt-ridden barber. Oh, Dr. Luther, I'm so sinful. I'm going to hell for sure. No way will I ever be saved. Martin Luther heard him out but finally says, Sir, never be so vain to think that you can outsin the grace of God. <laughs> in other words, whosoever, no matter what you've done, whosoever, God can save anybody. Next words, whosoever believeth in him. Here's the next lesson. You must believe in Christ to be saved. I, I shared on this show uh, a memory of when I was a teenager. We had a friend of the family, Mr. Green, Jewish friend of the family. My mom was a Missouri Synod Lutheran, pretty conservative. But she goes to the Jewish funeral and comes back and she says, well, Tommy, at least Mr. Green is in a better place. I said, Mom, he didn't believe in Jesus. Well, yeah, but I can't believe such a nice person God would send to hell. Mom, 
We're not nice people. We're sinners. That's why everybody needs to believe in Jesus to be saved. Uh, for God so loved the world that whoever believeth in him, but you've got to believe in him. And, and let's ask the question, what does it mean to believe in? I mean, a lot of people believe Jesus existed to 2,000 years ago. Do you know the devil believes that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead? Believing about Jesus, that he exists and that he died and that he rose, that doesn't save anybody. You know what saves you? Believing in Jesus. Let me explain the difference. I remember a professor saying that he sent a plane ticket from Minneapolis to his father in Los Angeles saying, come out, Dad, and visit me. Dad sent the ticket back saying, thank you, son, but I don't know if I believe in those airplanes. The son sent the ticket back. Father, I, I, I fly in them twice a week. It's safer than cars. Come visit me. The father flew out, visited his son, flew back, landed safely in Los Angeles. And the professor made this point. Before that day, dad believed all about airplanes. He knew they were out there and went up and down. But I don't believe in them. But when he, for the first time in his life, sat down on an airplane, he was not believing about airplanes. He was believing in an airplane. When it says in John 3:16, whoever believeth in him means you don't believe he exists. You actually put your life into the hands of Christ. You're trusting your salvation, not to you. You're trusting your salvation to him. Story goes of an atheist that fell over the cliff. As he falls, he grabs this branch sticking out of the rock and he's holding on for dear life and his arms are getting weak and he's about to let go and die, but he looks up and he says, God, if there's a God, if you're up there, God, help. A voice comes from heaven. My child, let go of the branch and I shall catch you. And the atheist says, anybody else up there? <laughs> and here's what, here's what saving faith is. Saving faith is not knowing that God's up there. Saving faith is you let go of the branch, you let go of your own efforts to save you, and you trust Jesus to be your salvation. That whoever believeth in him, next words, should not perish. Next lesson, there is a hell. There will be people who perish eternally in hell. And I've shared before, I, I had problems with hell in high school, believing in hell, but I had a very patient Lutheran pastor. Tom, the Bible says there's a hell. Jesus said there's a hell. Yeah, but Pastor Shetch, you'd be a Buddhist too if you were in China. No, but Tom, Jesus says there's a hell, and the only way to be saved is through Jesus. And my first year of college, I reread the Bible, and every time I mentioned hell, I wrote it down. By the end of my first year in college, I believe in hell now. This is what John 3:16 should not perish, but there will be people who perish. Should not perish. There's a hell. Story is told years ago of an Indian chief who converted to Christianity. Some of the other chiefs heard about this and they had a powwow, they gathered together and they asked the chief, "What does it mean you saved?" And the, the old chief took some dry wood chips and put it in a circle on the ground. And then he took a worm and he put a worm in the middle of the circle and he lit the chips on fire. 
and they watched as the worm tried to wiggle out, but it, the heat kept driving him back into the center. And then the chief took his arm, he reached down and pulled the worm up out of the fire, put the worm safely to the side. And the chief said, that was me. I was a sinner, lost and perishing, but my great chief, Jesus Christ, came from heaven, came to earth, to die on the cross, to pull me out of the fire and put me into heaven. That's what saved means. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, last words, but have everlasting life. I want to close by sharing one of my favorite stories that I tell at almost every funeral I do. <laughs> A mother knew she was dying in the hospital and her sons surrounded her bed. And she called one of her sons to the side and she said, Tony, you're the responsible one in the family. And in my Bible at home, I've left my final instructions. I know you're so responsible. I know you'll carry them out. Bend down and kiss mother goodnight. She called her next son to her side. Glenn, your wife, and you took me into your house these last six months, tried to nurse me to health. I'm so appreciative. You've been so loving. Bend down and kiss mother. Good night. She called her next son to her side, and she said, Joel, you've always been the youngest in the family, the closest to mother, but now you'll have to go it alone. But I so trust you. You've turned out great. Bend down and kiss mother. Good night. She had one more son, very finely dressed, who stood at a distance from the rest. She called him to her side, and she said, Mark, mother knows who has paid all the medical bills. You've given me the best medical care on earth. Thank you so much for all you've done. Bend down and kiss mother goodbye. And as he's bending down to kiss her, it occurs to him what she said. And he said, Mother, why do you say goodbye to my brothers, good night to my brothers, but goodbye to me. And she said, Mark, I will see your brothers again, but I told you time after time how you can have eternal life and you never would listen and I will never see your face again. And the story goes that he took her hand and said, Mother, tell me one more time. And she told him how Jesus Christ came from heaven to die for the sins of guilty men and women. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the story goes, he squeezed her hand and said, Mother, I do believe. I do believe. And she said, bend down and kiss mother. Good night. And I tell that at funerals. Do you know the Lord? Will you see this person again? Let's sum it all up. For God, there's only one God, so loved the world that he gave, that means we're saved by grace, his only begotten son and we're not him, that whosoever, no matter what you've done, if your sins are so horrible you think God can't save you, think again, that whosoever believeth in Christ shall not perish in hell, but will be saved everlastingly in heaven. That's the most famous verse of the Bible. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us 
his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, are deathbed conversions real? They can be. Okay. I think of the thief on the cross. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. So there are people that convert in their last five minutes of life. It's true. So yeah. the second part of my question then is, will God forgive someone in the last minute for a life of wrongdoing? Uh, yes, he will. Again, the thief on the cross. Now, Jackie, some people say, well, then I'm just going to wait for my last five minutes to convert. <laughs> at which point, there's an old saying, he who waits till midnight to convert often dies at 1130. So that's a really stupid thing to do. But there are genuine deathbed conversions. Yeah. Okay. Can you go to heaven if you do kill yourself? Yeah, somebody wrote that question in. Can I commit suicide and go to heaven? And let's talk about this one. I was about 13 years old sitting in confirmation class and somebody asked the pastor that question. And the pastor responded, 1 John 3.15, we know that no murderer has eternal life dwelling in him. And he made the point, if you murder yourself, you can't go to heaven. I believe that. I don't believe it anymore, but I did believe it. And, you know, Jackie, the other thing people say is, well, if you kill yourself, you don't have time to repent and ask for forgiveness. Well, Jackie, all of us will die without having to have time to ask forgiveness for all our sins. I mean, we don't know half of them, you know. So my salvation doesn't depend on me having time to confess everything. My salvation depends on Christ, on the grace of God, not me. Hallelujah. So I think, I think suicide is a horrible sin. But if someone truly trusted Christ and in their last minute they do something evil, Christ paid for that sin too. So that's my belief. That's not an easy question. I'm doing the best I can. I believe it's true that those who truly know Christ, if they do something evil in their last minute, that's covered by the blood of Christ as well. Having said that, if you're suicidal, get some help. Don't kill yourself. You'll wreck yourself. You'll wreck people. And, and it may be the sign that you're not really a believer. Because some people kill themselves and go to hell because they didn't truly believe in Christ. Okay. What would you say to a person who says, I'll convert later. Right now, I just want to have fun first. Mm -hmm. I had a teenage girl. Do you girls. have a lot of people that have said that to you? Yeah, or? I, I remember once I was counseling a teenage girl. Well, yeah, I know. She said, basically, I know what you're saying is true, but I want to have fun first. And later in life, I'll convert to Christ. And I said to her, you made two mistakes. Number one, you've assumed that being a Christian is a drag and you want to put that off as long as you possibly can. And the second mistake is you don't know when you're going to die, so it's stupid to put it off. But I, the point I tried to make to her is, see, you know, the devil is not fun. You know, see how, how much fun cirrhosis of the liver is because you drink too much or you've got a, a sin addiction with, with pornography or, or whatever. You fill in the blank. Satan looks like he's fun. In the end, he'll kill you. So that's what I would say to that person. You know, it's hard for people to accept things, though, that they, when they don't understand God's mm -hmm. forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, that's so, true. So can you explain which religions are monotheists? Yeah. Mono means one, theos means God. Mm -hmm. Monotheists believe in one God. Jews are monotheists, Christians are monotheists, Muslims are monotheists. Other religions are poly, meaning many gods, polytheists. Hindus are polytheists, thousands of gods. Mormons, who they say they're Christian, 
They're not. They believe in thousands of gods. Mormons believe you can become a god and get a universe to worship you someday, like our God the Father used to be a man on another planet who attained godhood. This is Mormonism. So that's, that's the difference. Okay. But, you know, I mean, we have got the three persons of the creed. Though. Of the Trinity, so, yeah. Yeah, the Trinity. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When you right. And so here's the deal. Mormon, excuse me, Christians, Jews, and Muslims all believe in one God. I'm, I would maintain we don't believe in the same one God. Okay. Because Muslims don't believe Jesus is God. Okay. Christians believe Jesus is God. We can't both be right. Somebody's wrong somewhere. So it's, it's, there are three different gods in those three religions. Okay. person has had an abortion, and they're having trouble believing that God will forgive them. Mm -hmm. They know in their head that God forgives, but they still have a hard time. Yeah. What would you say to that person? I, it, whether it's abortion or premarital sex or any sin you've committed and you're having trouble believing God forgives you, I believe in what's called confession absolution, Jackie, that you either go to a pastor or a priest or just a, a Christian friend and you confess your sins to them and then they pronounce over you, I assure you that through Christ your sins are forgiven. And then I like to take Holy Communion with a reminder that through the blood of Christ her sins are forgiven. And then if she's had an abortion, she might want to, I think they call them Rachel's Retreat, where other women who have had an abortion, you go to a retreat for a weekend and you get the healing of God for what you've done and then you move on. So I, th I think that's, that's important to do. I think it's great that there are so many different organizations out there that have groups so that you don't feel you're the only Amen. person doing something. Amen, yes. So, okay, two-part question. You have reincarnation and incarnation. Mm -hmm. What's Good. the difference? Good, let's talk about that. The incarnation means the enfleshment. Karnas is flesh in Greek. The incarnation is talking about the one time God became flesh. God became human in Jesus. That's incarnation. Christians believe in incarnation. We don't believe in reincarnation, which is that everybody when they die comes back to this planet as a horse or a cow or as a human or I don't know what else, but that's Hinduism and that's the New Age movement often. They believe in reincarnation. But the reason, I remember Pat Boone many years ago saying to the Merv Griffin Show, the reason Christians don't believe in reincarnation is Hebrews chapter nine, verse 27, it is appointed to man to die once, and after that comes judgment. Not 15 times, you die once, and there's judgment. Well, I have some more questions for you, but we don't have that much time <laughs> to really get into them, so okay. I think we'll save those for next time. And we just want to thank you for being with us this week. We pray that God would be with you, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. If you've been blessed by the pastor's study, would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? 
You can donate at our website, pastorsstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the Pastor's Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week.